I'm Father Ron Shipley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to this podcast homily for 14th Sunday after Trinity, the 15th in a series of 26 homilies for Trinity season. Listeners may benefit from the companion AIC seasonal video series, Trinity Tide, the Teaching Season, which is presented in nine episodes, each linked from the digital library page with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The series offers a brief history of the evolution of Whitsunday Pentecost and Trinity season, Anglican traditions of Whitsunday and Trinity, including the seasonal color and fasting traditions, and commentary on the collect, epistle, and gospel readings for Whitsunday Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, and all 24 Sundays after Trinity, and Sunday next before Advent in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The collect, epistle, and gospel readings for 14th Sunday after Trinity are discussed in Episode 6. The epistle reading for 14th Sunday after Trinity, Galatians 5, verses 16 to 24, is another instruction from St. Paul on the importance of taking the Holy Spirit into the heart and in daily life as an aid to resisting the 17 variations of lust which he lists. He contrasts this long list of lusts with nine virtues, which he calls fruits of the Holy Spirit, these being love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. These would later be developed in the 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th centuries into a standard list of Christian virtues and their direct opposites, the contrary virtues, necessary to offset the lusts. The Gospel lesson for 14th Sunday after Trinity, Luke 17, verses 11 to 19, is St. Luke's account of the cleansing of the ten lepers. It is the tenth of the twelve selections from the Gospel of St. Luke for the Sundays after Trinity, and another which is unique to the Gospel of St. Luke. Unlike my usual approach, I start with the last verse. Your faith has made you well, from verse 19. I've done this in order to offer you a primer on the Christian understanding of faith. In the epistle reading for 13th Sunday after Trinity, St. Paul gave us a clue. In Galatians 3.22, he refers to the promise by faith of Jesus Christ that it might be given to those who believe. Contrary to modern understanding, especially among Protestant Christians, faith cannot be chosen, nor can any combination of works obtain faith. That is because faith is a gift offered Christians by the sovereign grace of God our Father. A brief primer on the origin of the word might help you to understand. The English word faith is directly derived from the Middle English word F-E-I-T-H, and more distantly from the Latin fidere, which means to trust. The word faith is used in the Old Testament only twice, in Deuteronomy 32, verse 20, and Habakkuk 2, verse 4. In both citations, the context implies belief and trust. 
In the New Testament, faith is derived from the Koine Greek word pistis, which means credence, or more specifically, faith in Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God. The term is used about 250 times in the King James translation, nearly 200 of them either as a noun or a verb in the writings of St. Paul. In addition to the usage in today's reading from the Gospel of St. Luke, Jesus said to the woman with a long-standing blood disorder, Be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well, in Matthew 9, verse 22. St. Peter, in the first sermon of the New Christian Church, said that the lame man whom he had healed on Solomon's porch at the temple in Jerusalem had been healed through, quote, faith, in his, meaning Jesus' name. That's from Acts 3, verse 16. It was said that St. Stephen, the first martyr, kept his faith to the end in Acts 6, verse 8. St. Clement of Alexandria, founder of the first Christian school of catechetical teaching in the late second century, said that, quote, faith is something superior to knowledge, unquote, and, quote, a power for salvation and strength to eternal life. But to a Christian, faith should mean much more than the Old Testament concept of belief and trust. In the traditional Christian understanding, faith has a very specific meaning, that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God, and that through him only can salvation be achieved in the kingdom of heaven. You'll find that in Mark 1, verse 15. In Galatians 5, verse 6, which occurs just before today's prayer book reading from Galatians 5, 16 to 24, St. Paul uses the word faith to teach us that what joins us to God through Christ is our belief that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he was incarnate as a man, and that he died upon the cross for our sins. Since the first century, Christians have believed that faith will lead to sanctification, in which the Holy Spirit dwells in the faithful, granting them the right to call God Father. Traditional Christians believe that faith leads to works, and that faith is the source of all virtue. The earliest version of a creed for the Church was not the Nicene Creed, but the rule of faith prepared by St. Irenaeus of Lyon in the late 2nd century. To his work, St. Augustine, or Augustine if you prefer, of Hippo, added a few words. The rule of faith eventually became more widely known in the Christian church in the Roman tradition by the title of the Apostles' Creed. For the purposes of our study of today's Gospel reading, two questions must be asked. What is the origin of faith, and where did the Samaritan leper find faith? The faith about which Jesus spoke and of which St. Peter and St. Paul and St. Clement of Alexandria wrote should always be understood as a gift from God. Among the great saints of the East and the West who understood and wrote about this understanding was St. Gregory of Nyssa, who wrote during the 4th century. Martin Luther reaffirmed this understanding in the Western Church in the 15th century, largely based upon the epistles of St. Paul. 
In the case of today's reading from St. Luke, the story of the ten lepers healed by Jesus, we should recognize that since Jesus was a thaumaturge, or one who heals, it is significant, as Jesus noted, that of the ten lepers who were healed, only the foreigner, that is, the Samaritan, turned back to Jesus and gave thanks to God. The presumption is that all nine others were Hebrews who ought to have known better. You should also keep in mind that today's reading is the second in a row in prayer book readings in which it is only the Samaritan, an outsider, and a natural enemy of the Jews who did what was spiritually required, which was the right thing. In verse 19, St. Luke reports Jesus assuring the Samaritan, quote, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this podcast homily for 14th Sunday after Trinity are available at our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. First, the New Testament Gospel, the AIC Bible study video series presented in 45 episodes. St. Luke's account of the healing of the ten lepers who were cleansed with an illustration by French artist James Tissot is the subject of episode 19. The Twelve Days of Christmas, an AIC seasonal video series in 12 episodes for December 25th through January 5th. For first day of Christmas, December 25th, the key word is love. Love is also the subject of my podcast homily for third Sunday in Advent and also for Christmas Day. In the Lives of the Saints, an AIC Christian education video series presented in multiple episodes. From the first series, St. Stephen is the focus of episode 3, St. John of episode 4, St. Paul of 5, St. Mark of 7, St. Peter of 11. From the second series... St. Clement of Alexandria is the subject of episode 1, St. Ambrose of Milan of episode 4, Gregory of Nyssa of episode 6, John Chrysostom of episode 9 and episode 10, Augustine or Augustine of Hippo of episode 20, and Archbishop Cranmer as one of three English martyrs celebrated in episode 28, and finally, Leo the Great, the focus of episode 29. Episodes in our Seasonal and Christian Education video series are linked from the Digital Library page. Episodes in Bible Study videos are linked from the Bible Study New Testament pages. Podcast versions of all three are linked from the Podcast Archive page. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, The Gospel of Luke, Annotated and Illustrated, St. Luke's unique account of the cleansing of the ten lepers is discussed in chapter 17 and illustrated in a 19th century watercolor on page 176. The book includes 111 illustrations from the 6th to the early 20th century with a cover illumination in tempera and gold on parchment of Luke writing his gospel from the pericope book of Henry II, produced at the Scriptorium Reichenau, Germany, between 1007 and 1012 A.D. In the Acts of the Apostles, annotated and illustrated, presented in 224 pages with 78 illustrations, the accusations against Stephen the proto-martyr are discussed in Chapter 6 
and his trial in chapter 7 with a tempera and gold on parchment illumination on the stoning of St. Stephen on page 59. In Layman's Lexicon, an AIC bookstore publication, entries of interest are Apostles' Creed, Faith, Grace, Heart, Holy Spirit, Love slash Loving, Righteous slash Righteousness, Mercy slash Merciful, Parables, Sanctification, Virtues, and Wisdom. From Christian Spirituality and Anglican Perspective, you'll find more on the concept of taking the teachings of the Church into heart with examples from the writings of Archbishop Cranmer in Part 1, examples of apostolic wisdom from St. Peter and St. Paul, and St. James and St. Jude are featured in Part 4. And finally, Beliefs of the Anglican Church. A primer on the Anglican Catechism includes entries for the Apostles' Creed on pages 36 to 40 and the words grace, faith, and sanctification on 77 to 80. The first closing prayer for 14th Sunday after Trinity is my own adaptation of prayers by Leo the Great and St. John Chrysostom. The second is the Collect for 14th Sunday after Trinity, which Archbishop Cranmer adapted for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer from the English Church translation of the Leonine Sacramentary. In the King James Version and the prayer book collects derived from it, the original Greek agape is translated as charity. I prefer the more accurate love. In the modern understanding, charity is a set of acts which arise from love, but is not a virtue in itself. If your heart is full of love, your acts and thoughts will be charitable toward others. And now the first prayer. O God, who has willed that the gate of mercy should stand open to those who have faith, look upon us and have mercy upon us. We beseech thee that we who by thy grace are following the path of thy will may continue in the same all the days of our life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with thee and thy all-holy and life-giving spirit liveth and reigneth, one God, now and ever, and unto ages of ages. Amen. And now the Collect. Almighty and everlasting God, give unto us the increase of faith, hope, and charity, that we may obtain that which thou dost promise. Make us to love that which thou dost command, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and use its resources at www anglicaninternetchurch.net